Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dave Neal here, stand-up comic, and this is The Sap, the Sex Actually podcast, as you guys know. We've been going through a transitionary phase, transitionary? A transition this year, 2021, as the Utah, YouTube empire, geez, I can't get anything right, the YouTube empire has exploded uh, to 2 million monthly views, 1.6, 1.7, 2 million, I think the most was 2.5 million, which is just insane because my dopamine levels were throbbing when the podcast itself would have a thousand view day and now the youtube channel is getting two to five thousand views per hour this is just insane i'm sorry i'm sorry to keep repeating myself i just i just i want people to know why i'm spending less of my energy on the audio only version of the podcast. Now, if you're watching this, that's because you've subscribed to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Thank you guys so much for all of my subscribers. We have 160 now. Before the channel blew up, we had around 20. And what's the point of all of this? The point of all of this is to um, thrust our energy into the direction in which people are appreciating it. Now, not to say I don't love the audio version of podcasting. I very much miss uh, having conversations with my fiance and my friends and other interesting people on like a round table chat, which is what we did before we moved to our new house end of February, 2021. But things are changing around here, folks. Now I would love to get back to doing round table conversations, but the juice ain't worth the squeeze. So I hope you enjoy just me, myself and Dave hanging out, talking by myself. This uh, podcast has kind of become more of a behind the scenes of what's going on in my life. Uh, motivational. I'm trying to share with you guys the good wealth and fortune that I've discovered, which is, you know, something I, I, I always say this, it's been a good year. There will be ebbs and flows. I need to sort of embrace these good times, expect more of that, but also be prepared for if there are valley, valleys. Maybe the YouTube algorithm changes in a way that doesn't benefit me. How do I, um, how do I keep, uh, or how do we all just keep that positive energy and know that where we're going, if you keep putting good content out, if you, if you keep sharing your story, uh, high energy, tons of love, that the odds will forever be in your favor, to, say, to quote The Hunger Games. You know, me, um, part of what's so tough in our society as, as creators is that we only make, you only make what you make. You only make what you make, and there's a ton of people trying to get the ball rolling. No one's going to pay you to run your blog. No one's going to pay you to do your podcast. That's charity work. You know, not until a point where you develop a following, which we call equity, when you build enough equity, having an audience, having an ability to have a platform, at that point do people come a-calling. And I tell you something, guys. There's nothing more exciting in my life right now than reading people's emails you know, companies' emails. I don't want to disrespect my audience here, but companies that want to work with me, and I don't even reply to them because it's like, hey, we'd love to partner with you. If for, we'll give you twenty percent off, and nope, thank you very much. Appreciate the feedback. No, thank you. So to be on the side of things that's just actively creating and not worrying about others trying to pitch me their thing, it's just been amazing. It's been so amazing, and it's uh, it's just something that I think. Um, you know, we live in a world twenty twenty one where. Times have changed. Uh, Direct-to-consumer products, TikToks, whatever it is that you're selling, creating ideas, 
We just have the ability to reach a larger audience. There are just so many people trying to reach that audience. I always equate it to like a marathon. You start off in a marathon, everyone's elbowing each other. You don't, you can't tell who the winner's going to be at the start of a marathon. Sure, the you know, fast people are always put up at the front, but the, you know, the 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 point of the sort of comparison here is that it's a dogfight until it's not. And when you finally hit kind of your flow state, when you finally get to a point where people are clicking and you're doing the things that you're supposed to do, then you can afford to not have to do the other things. And then it kind of becomes exponential. And that's kind of how it's been this year, not needing to rely on all my other side incomes to stay afloat. I can just 100% be involved in building my channel brick by brick. And if you're watching on the Patreon, you can see these fingers of mine. I have, it's a spray paint. I got spray paint on me. I'm, so I've got my desk here. And if you're just listening to the audio, uh, close your eyes and imagine this. We built this, we built this desk. We built this desk on podcast cash. And, um, what it is is this desk is a leaf from a table with um, two by six pieces of wood built around the side of the table. I'll, 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 I'm posting photos of this on my Instagram at Niels. and so it's the two by sixes are uh, you know are uh, leaning on their sides. So if you can imagine two by sixes hugging a leaf, that's what my table and desk has become. And then for the legs, we bought them at Ikea and like probably 10 bucks each. There are these legs that you can kind of um, uh, twist clockwise or counterclockwise and it'll raise or lower them. So it's an adjustable size desk. But because of that, there's no draws. There's really nothing that exists other than this flat piece of wood and what I've been wanting to do, uh, I have a tripod that has a ring light on it that also connects my camera. And I've wanted to get rid of all of the clunkiness that surrounds my desk, all of the different lights that I needed set up. I wanted to have it all mounted to my desk. Just some sort of powerful, like the most efficient desk I could ever build. And again, I have zero, I have zero uh, desires to blueprint this desk and I have zero desires to turn it into something else or sell it to people online. It's just a customized desk that has built like some sort of loving energy because I've used it so much. Whereas I could see myself, you know, winning the lottery and might not wanting to sell this desk. Now, to be honest, Tasha built the desk. She's very, my fiance is very handsy uh, in all the right ways. Thank you very much, folks. Uh, she built the desk and with, with all the side pieces of wood, which was actually scrap from a bed frame she had built years prior. So we had all this reclaimed wood that we used. And I've got, for the uh, audience that, that can that is watching on Patreon, you can see I've got this table mic stand here. I've showed this before. It's just like a very, um, I don't know, it's probably like 20 pounds. It's very heavy, uh, like just sort of lead metal base. And I've wanted to get a one of those really fancy arms that connects the table to the microphone. It's a $400 microphone. It's a nice microphone. Um, and, the, and, and the table mic stand is fine too, but I really just want, I've just wanted to buy this, uh, it's called an arm, a boom arm. Now, if you get the cheap ones, they've got like the springs and they make noise when you adjust it. And I do a lot of moving on the desk because I was like, I don't want that. So I got the Gator arm. It's like $130, not a sponsor, but I'm so excited to clamp it to this desk. But because this desk is uh, completely, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, because it was a leaf that was turned into a desk, there's no, the, the wood is six inches thick because these are two by six pieces of wood. So there's no way to clamp any of these things onto the desk. Does this make sense? Is everyone sticking with me? 
So what I've done is I've bought a one by six board of wood, which I am going to uh, cut into the back length of the desk and the side of the desk. That way I can clamp the boom arm onto it and my other lights. So I bought these real this really beautiful LED light. It's a 12, I think it's a 10 inch by maybe by 12 inch LED light. Very powerful. And that click that clips on a clamp. And then my um my DSLR camera, which I'm looking at right now, clamps onto this piece of wood. So everything's gonna be clamped down onto this desk. And then the desk will be nice and clean and it'll just be like a really zen place to to recap. I mean, I'm doing five videos a day uh, at some points. I think I think last month I did 88 videos, which is just wild. That's three that's three videos a day including the weekends, right? So tons of content. I need this puppy. This is it. I don't have a shop or a barn. I don't have any of these things. I got this desk and a green screen bedsheet behind me, which was for $15. And you'd be surprised how 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 affordable some of these things are and then how expensive the other parts are. I've got a very nice widescreen monitor which also has been drilled into the desk on an arm so it can like swing in and out. And my laptop as well is like up is up on the desk. So everything is on this desk and I'm so excited to finally put it together. Well, I just was spray painting this one piece of wood and of course they couldn't cut it at um, Home Depot because the cutting machine's always, the, ta- the saw is always like broken, at least where I go. There are, and you know it's not broken, they just say it is. It's kind of like the uh, ice cream machines at McDonald's. Never been to one where it actually works. So I was, I just, got, I bought a can of spray paint. And of course they didn't have the right spray paint. You know, they, they didn't have black. I needed black. It'll match the side, the, the other um, pieces of wood here. They didn't have that. So I had to get this like one brand and then I got it today. And of course it's like for like, it's, it's black, but it's made for appliances. It's for metal. Like, and I'm like, oh geez, you know, but then again, most paint is like 95% the same. Like maybe they throw in a different additive or something. So I'm like, all right, it'll probably work. So I was, I was spray painting in the uh, out back and I had my phone on the ground. And of course I got spray paint on the phone. And then as soon as I started to wipe it away, it just smudged. And then my whole phone was black. Uh, <laughs> such an idiot. But actually, um, you know, with just a little bit of alcohol uh, swabs, it was uh, I was able to clean it up right away. Anyway, point of the story is I'm investing in my career. I'm investing in the way I tell stories. Uh, not just on the physical level, but you know, like what's going to get me excited to come sit down and do what I do. And part of that is having the gear uh, necessary to make it all happen. And I, I know I've talked about you guys, I've t- about this with you guys a bunch in the past. And I, you know, I hope it's not super redundant or super boring, but there's something when you, when you can see light at the end of the tunnel, from whatever you're working on, whether it's a screenplay that people are starting to read it in your industry, whether it's um, a book, uh, children's book uh, 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 co- company you wanted to start, uh, whatever, the, whatever it is, when you can start to see people appreciating what you're doing, you can start envisioning the next step. What is hard to do is to envision the next steps in your creative endeavor when you are in the pitch black. Now they say the, the, the night is darkest before the dawn, right? And that is the truth. The night is darkest before the dawn. So when you are in that tunnel and you don't see light, how do you maintain the patience, optimism, and ability to visualize and self-actualate what really is right around the corner? Now, for me, obviously, I mean, 
my struggle really is nothing compared to some people. You know, there's people out there in countries like uh, that are just struggling with plenty of things. Poor, you know, there's so much poverty in this world where there shouldn't be and so many different other issues. So my struggle is really not not a big struggle. But I was talking to Tasha last night and I was like, I got home a little late from like running around. I was at Home Depot, like I said, trying to do a few things. I got home at seven and um, and the sun's starting to go down, you know, this time of year, 630. And I said to Tasha, I was like, isn't this incredible that when I was working at my side gig, I wouldn't get home for two and a half more hours. I'd get home at 9.30 to 10, and that's if I didn't do a stand-up mic after. And I was so exhausted, burning the uh, candle at both ends of the wick, and there was literally no light at the end of the tunnel. And I don't mean that in a way where I was suicidal, or but I, but I tell you what, I didn't see a way out. I didn't see a way in which Tasha was going to keep believing in me. I didn't see a, a path and I'm an optimistic guy, but it was like, and this is, again, this is the start of the pandemic. Who knows what, what would have happened if the pandemic didn't hit? Cause while that, while it's tragedy and I don't doubt it whatsoever, it was the buoy I needed while I was swimming in the deep end to just catch my breath and just reevaluate life. And I know so many other people aren't going back to their jobs they didn't want. And there isn't a worker shortage. There's a shortage of people that want to go back to jobs that weren't fulfilling them. That's just the dang honest truth. And it's because of this moment in time. One moment in time. <clears throat> My voice, yikes. It's because of this moment in time that we've had the chance to reevaluate that we've had maybe a couple extra months of unemployment to just go, all right, what do I want to do? And when when you use that time to focus and hunker down, I'm worth more. Like, I'm going to pay more in taxes this year than I've probably made in the last several years. You know what I mean? And so I'm worth, by, by whatever little investment the government inadvertently made gave to me by getting me out of the deep end, I'm able to contribute more because I'm able to do what I'm supposed to be doing. So the question I ask you guys, like I've challenged you guys for years as I challenge myself, is what is it that you're supposed to be doing? And are you willing to get into that dogfight for as long as it takes to make it happen? And the question I posed earlier is how to visualize when you feel like there's no way out. How do you continue to, you know, make the 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 beehive? How do you continue to just put one step in front of the other and have faith? that what you're doing is productive, that what you're doing is brick by brick, adding equity and adding a skill set and all these different things that's going to make you more valuable in the future. It's so much easier to resort to going on TikTok or Instagram and just seeing everyone else's highlight reel. That's so much easier than building something when we aren't given the blueprints, but that's life. That's being a human is not having the blueprints and still understanding that there are blueprints. Having faith that the blueprints don't exist in the physical world, but that they exist internally through whatever guiding force you want to call it. We have Christians out there and atheists, universe, God, Yahweh, Allah, Buddha, the crystals you soak in the water during the full moon. I don't give a fuck what you want to call it. There is something that is building things using our hands and we have to figure out what that is, how we adapt to it, how we free up enough time to feel that flow. And it's, we live in a world now where it's never been easier and yet more difficult to do that. 
we have all the tools. We have the uh, 4K phones, uh, camera phones. We have all the, the, the technolo- t- technology that used to cost so much more money. The, we have the ability, I mean, if anyone with a laptop can have a podcast, you know, anyone, anyone can write a book. Everyone can open up their laptop and write a book. But we have so many distractions that it becomes so challenging to even see the path to get there. I've been so inspired by people I've been meeting out there. Um, I had someone come to one of my stand-up shows. She's uh, early 20s, and we've become friends. She, Her name's Cosette. That's what her name is on Instagram and TikTok, Cosette. Um, she came to a show, and I remember I didn't even know that she was one of my people. I, I didn't know who it was, and I was you know doing some crowd work talking to him. You could tell it was like the young, cute couple in the corner. Her and her boyfriend gave, and then after and then after my set, I looked at my phone and it was a message saying, "Oh, well, we're going to come to your show." I was like, "Oh shoot, I actually know those people." <laughs> it was kind of funny. Well, she's got several million TikTok followers, and I don't know, maybe eighty thousand on Instagram, and he's got millions. And I look at them and I go, "Wow, this is this is like the future of creation. This is young young people figuring out." how to work the algorithm, how to tell their story. So when Donald Trump, this is crazy. I just found this out a few days ago. I met them and they were interesting and, and you know, they respected what I do because it's stand-up and not everyone does it. And you, you always respect other, other things. You see, a, you see a musician, you go, man, I, lo- I love what you do. It's crazy. He's like, well, I could never get on stage and tell jokes. It's like, well, you know, you just, you, you know how it is. You, you, when you're in the, in the thick of things in your own medium, you might forget what your own talents are. So it's cool that, they were kind of coming to their first stand-up show, and I got to know a little bit more about them and see all the good work they're creating. But then I go, I, I go, uh, I was messaging her, and I go, "Hey, what? Did, how did?" Because the other day Instagram was down, and I was like, "That must have been a little crazy for you when Instagram was down." She was like, "Yeah, I just went for a walk and tried not to think too much about it." And I was like, "Oh, isn't that nice?" Rather than fighting the fact that Instagram's not not up and this and that, she just went for a walk. Okay, that's good. I was like, well, what did you do when TikTok was going to get canceled? Because if you remember like a year and a half, maybe two years ago, Trump was going to cancel TikTok. Now, as we know, TikTok is a Chinese-owned company, and they actually steal a lot of your data or take it. You know, it's in the, it's in the terms of service. And it's actually, it's not it's it's not right. It's not right for these apps to take so much data and 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 no, no be able to, like, it's, it's not good for another country to have that much data on all of its citizens and then just be able to make up, you know, surmise whatever they want out of it. Well, so Trump, and again, this isn't a pro Trump thing, but he was like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm canceling TikTok. I'm, I'm shutting it down. And I'm like, first of all, I don't even know how that is possible, but I guess that's, you know, unless you have some sort of VPN that says you're in another country, I'm like, I guess he could shut TikTok down. And there was like Walmart and Oracle and all these, every, every large company was going to bid on it. And and Cosette, who had several million, like I said, several million TikTok followers, young 20s, she ends up suing the Department of Justice, maybe, or whatever, whoever was in charge of shutting it down. She sues them, and it becomes like a thing. And I didn't even know any of this. So she was one of the creators that's credited for keeping TikTok around. Now, I don't I don't hate the idea to say, like, we're going to shut it down, and then they, you know, it's kind of a negotiating tactic, like, we're going to shut it down, and then they go, okay, we'll change our terms of services to comply with all the other social media companies, whatever the case may be. I'm all about that negotiating. But in the, in the, in the moment when her livelihood was about to be shut down, she won a case against the sitting president of the United States of America. Then she's just texting me about it, and I'm like, 
dang, that is cool. That is cool to have the vision that your voice is that powerful to affect change in a way. And there's a lot of people that make their livelihood off of TikTok. And we, and we make fun of TikTok. Everyone does, you know. It's a super addictive app. There's everything under the sun in there. I, I follow archaeologists, chicks who shake their booty, everything in between. There's so much content on TikTok. Now, there's a lot of content on YouTube. YouTube is the most mature. I don't mean that like the audience is mature, but the, the app and website itself is the most mature video platform ever created in the history of the universe as far as we know. It's much, it's very hard to break into YouTube. So there's a lot of people that break into TikTok, but they only have X amount of YouTube subscribers and, and they realize, you know, like plenty of uh, Instagram influencers and, and TikTokers, they realize, oh man, it's it's too hard to build a YouTube following. So they quit or they don't even try. And I've tried for years to break in. And now that I'm finally breaking in, you realize the value of that follow. And it's different, you know, whether it's Instagram, TikTok or Facebook or YouTube, what, whatever your platform is, there's an ability to reach that audience. And the, I think the smartest people out there find a way to connect on all the different platforms. That way, if one does go under or whatever, the point of everything I'm trying to say, as I slow sip my coffee here, is that when you look at people that are building their futures, that are building their platform to create, when you look at them, it, you can get inspired by others, by their hustle. And realize that these aren't always people that nobody was born knowing how to do it. <clears throat> the more you learn how to Google how to start a blog or Google how to put together a press kit or Google how to how to sell at a farmer's market, the more you look into things, the more the parts of your brain will grow that have confidence that you'll figure out the right answer. So when I know I need a piece of gear, I know I can look on Amazon or some other company. I know it exists. And if it doesn't, I know I can build something that'll make it exist. Customizing our life is, is something in, in, this, in this new world that we live in, this post-current pandemic world we live in. It's, there, it's ultimately any, anything we want to do out there can be customizable. Everything we want to do can be accomplished with purchasing power, with the platform, with an audience that you can sell your thoughts or ideas to or products to, it's all available out there. And the question then becomes, are we willing to adapt, learn, and grow to make that happen? And it's a slow process. I feel old and young every day. I feel ancient as hell when I see someone like Cosette, who's 22, probably living her dreams, you know, just, you know, probably guessing she makes 20 to 30 grand for like a uh, sponsored post. And then I feel young when there's people that are older than me that are like, man, I could, you know, like my mom, my mom never could like figure out how to plug in the VCR. And there's just a disconnect. I'm not kidding, guys. There's a disconnect in her brain between like learning how to do new things. And I'm sure she could like, she just, you know, if she's got like a if there's like a bug on her phone, like a, like a, she'd, she, she'll never get it fixed. She doesn't know how to do that. It's not in her DNA. Um, and it's not because she's old. She was like this when she was young. My sister's the same way. They, they, and I, I guess you would call that a fixed mindset. They know what they know. And I guess the challenge to you and to myself is to not have a fixed mindset, to not know what we know, but know in our heart of hearts what we want and then finding a way to get it. And this isn't new stuff. This is the, um, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast in the past. Some of the, some of like the oldest ideas of self, 
uh, actualizing of visualization come from, you know, as, as early as they've been writing books. Some of these ideas, is, whether it's Eastern religion or even like, um, what was the book where How to Influence People? Who wrote that? How to inf- um, Dale Carnegie, How to Influence uh, People, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. So this was a book, now correct me if I'm wrong, um, where they looked over, uh, now I could have the wrong book here. Ah, oh, man. You know what? I don't. I don't even want to cite that. I don't want to cite this book because I think I have the wrong one. Either way, I've got all these books that I've read, and what you learn is that whether it was in the the oil tycoons and in the people from several hundred years ago, or the dot com boom, or people that learned how to monetize selling T shirts, there's always a way to work within the system to uh, to create something that will either be a, someone else's want. Or, or if you're just really good at what you do and hardworking, people will want to work with you. Anyway, you, you get you get my point, right, guys? Is that, um, like, who was I talking to recently? It's tough. Like, even with Tasha, I mean, she works a job that pays her, like, they call them golden handcuffs, right? She gets paid a decent amount, so that's where she stays. And I'm telling her, like, you know, she she'd get fired if she if she got pregnant. When she gets pregnant, she get fired. It's not the type of job where you get maternity leave. They'll just go on to someone else because it's freelance culture. And I'm saying rather than wait till you're on, on maternity leave and then we have a new baby, like why don't you quit that job now and really use this, you know, quote we say, leap in the net will appear. Really use these moments to get out there and just listen and have the free time to go to the gym, have the free time to go do some yoga and really open up your soul to what is next. And that's the challenge we all have. How do you create enough space? Because the space exists. Whether you like it or not, we always say, well, I don't have enough time. It's like, well, there's always a TV show you can stop watching. There's always time and energy to make it work. Part of my problem that I've had since my channels popped off uh, is that I become so wildly laser focused on creating videos that I'm not writing as much standup. I did, um, I hosted, uh, uh, two shows last weekend with, um, my buddy, uh, Andrew Rivers. He's a comic out of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, if you're watching and you're bachelor fans, he's the one who dated Katie Thurston, or maybe they went on a date. They're good friends. Either way, he does stand up. That's his like full, full time thing. And I, I do stand up, but would you, what I wouldn't, it's hard to call it a full-time thing when I, when I, you know, I'll probably do five sets a week, five minute sets. Like, you know, I'm trying to work things out when I have, you know, in Los Angeles, you try to get longer stage time, maybe 10 or 15 minutes, but the money maker is YouTube. And I have to go, all right, rather than making 88 videos a month, how can I be happy making 60? <laughs> you know, how can I be happy? There's always going to be like when I, I remember in my early twenties, when I got fired from my marketing job, I just got into acting, right? Got fired at like 22, 23, first job. No real reason, sucked at it. Got into acting, which was cool. It was a good first start into the entertainment world. But I had so much free time because as an actor, it's like, all right, you can only, you know, read and submit for so many jobs, you know, throughout the day. You know, I'd spend the afternoon, I'd go to the gym, I'd go to the hot, I'd do the hot tub, the steam room. I was, in a, in, a, in on the surface, I sounded really lazy. Like if my stepdad saw me, he would probably be like, get a job, what are you doing? But there was so much happening below the surface in my mind, um, reconditioning myself to a world that's not working for somebody else, 
and it's work that goes on day to day where I have to remind myself, I'm not working for somebody else. I'm working against my own, uh, I would say, ability to focus, to create good things that bring me joy, to share high levels of energy with others. That's what I'm working towards. And then, and then, like I said, working against the things that are like uh, my own procrastination, which comes from whatever form of attention deficit disorder that I have. I know we've all got it in one way or another. We've all got the apps on our phones. But when the social media goes down, like it did the other day, and some have saying, some told me it went down today. Like when the social media goes down, Facebook and Instagram are done. Who's creating and who's panicking? Who's out there? I know, I know our friend Susan, if she's listening, I know she's writing a book and she said she didn't even know the Instagram went down. She was too busy creating. You can't create and consume at the same time. And what's so tough with apps like TikTok and Instagram is that in part of creating is being a consumer as well, knowing the trends, knowing what's going on. So one of the problems I have as a YouTuber is I will some like lose focus some days or in the afternoons or if I didn't have enough food that day, I'll lose focus. And then instead of creating, I'll just be like, scrolling through me, uh, you know, want, you know, wandering, uh, aimlessly. And that's okay too, to a point, you know, you just, you catch yourself and whatever, but there are some days when you, when you're in bed and I know everyone listening to this is going to agree. And there are some days when you spend 30, 40 minutes, heck, maybe two hours in bed, scrolling mindlessly before you get up And the, and I'm going to end this here. But the question we all have to ask each other is what, is the blueprint that's going to get me out of bed and get me creating. And what am I going to do? Even if, even if you don't have the blueprints to build your house, you can start by building that little stone wall that goes around the perimeter. And then maybe once you build that, you'll have inspiration for the next steps. So leap in the net will appear. Isn't about necessarily blindless faith. It's about, it's about starting getting on the horse and just going and having faith that, that, um, that the blueprints will start drawing themselves up on the path. Let me know what you guys think about all this. I'm keeping this at 30. I want everyone to have a fantastic weekend. If you're listening to the audio only, you can watch this video on patreon.com slash Dave Neal or go check out my YouTube channel and all the other content I got going on. I very much appreciate all of you guys. Have a good weekend, everybody. We'll see you next time.